Hey everybody, welcome to Market Scale's Digital Marketing Professor Series. I'm your host, Josh Fisher. Traditional marketing has been around forever and is something that continues to evolve as we navigate through the digital era. And with the use of digital devices amongst consumers increasing, businesses more than ever must adapt to this changing landscape and insert themselves where consumers are finding their information. Join us today for our Digital Marketing Professor Series as we chat with Dr. Mark Bender, Assistant Professor of Marketing at USF. We discuss how digital platforms are subsidizing and how advertisers are charged for consumer metrics. We look into streaming platforms like Spotify and the individual royalties they offer to attract content producers to that particular platform. We also take a deep dive into the intersectionality of digital and traditional marketing, how a traditional offline campaign's metrics can be tracked online and vice versa, how a digital ad campaign can be taken offline to attract the most consumers. Joining us today to talk about his experience is Dr. Mark Bender, Assistant Professor of Marketing at Muma College of Business at USF. Hey, Mark. Hey there. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, so first and foremost, you're an educator, specifically in the digital marketing field. Uh, so why do you feel that digital marketing is important now more than ever? Well, I mean, I could give you about 100 different stats, I guess, probably 1,000 at this point. Uh, that just shows the use of all digital devices increasing. Um, but beyond that, I believe largely um, we see that um, you know, more consumers are making decisions uh, on mobile devices, more consumers are making decisions uh, after having found review sites, after having talked to friends online. Um, and so forth. So because of that, it's important for the marketer or the firm to be able to insert itself um, really into where the consumer is looking for this information. Yeah, of course. Uh, so what research do you specifically focus on? Yeah, so my, my line of research largely relates to digital platforms. Uh, so uh, for those who are less familiar with the, the, the terminology platform, what I'm what I'm talking about are uh, the Googles of the world, the Spotify's of the world, the Kickstarters of the world. And, and what it means to be a platform really is that you have two separate sides of the market that you're trying to attract to your service. Uh, so for instance, Google, uh, in terms of their search engine, they're trying to attract the advertisers and websites on one side, uh, as well as the consumers on the other side. So it's important that these digital platforms create value for all entities uh, involved. Interesting. Yeah, I find that the whole matchmaker digital platform thing that you're doing super fascinating. Uh, so how do they differ per industry? Yeah, there are a lot of little differences uh, between them, depending upon whether there are positive or negative network externalities. So for instance, uh, in the case of Facebook, uh, largely you think that users are uh, deriving value from having conversations with one another or pages that they're interested in finding. They don't necessarily want to be inundated with a lot of advertisements. So in that case, the, the more users that are there, the more same-side network benefits there are, as well as the more cross-side network benefits there are to the advertisers. However, the more advertisers that are there on Facebook, we don't necessarily know uh, if there are positive uh, network effects that are cross-side that the users are gaining from these advertisers being there. Uh, you can make the argument that these advertisers, by having access to all of this information, can serve more relevant and better ads, but at the same time, they might also be detracting from the, the conversations uh, in, in that the users just want to have amongst one another. When you're marketing these platforms, uh, 
Like, are you, is it similar to uh, like a marketing for a different company or? Yes, yes. Yeah, there are a lot of differences. Um, the one kind of standard, uh, the initial one we talk about is uh, subsidies that are in place. For instance, it's, it's the idea why Facebook gives its content, mm -hmm. uh, gives its platform away to, for free to the consumers or to the users, uh, but charges the advertisers. Uh, alternatively, they could have decided to charge users uh, for access to Facebook. I mean, we all derive value from it. Uh, you look at the statistics, the average user is spending about you know, an hour per day on Facebook, so clearly there's value being generated. Uh, but instead, Facebook decided to subsidize one side of the market, that is giving it away for free, and then leveraging the, the kind of the network that it built on one side to then charge the advertisers for access to the other side of the market. So that is just one of the many approaches. Uh, another one is the kind of the degree of openness that the platform wants to uh, enable. A lot of these platforms don't actually ever take ownership over the product. Think about Airbnb and Uber. Uh, in, in the case of Airbnb, there are those who are um, there are those who are offering their homes or their residences up for rent, uh, but Airbnb is not actually taking ownership or having to manage inventory. Uh, so the level of own openness of the platform can also be another kind of key strategic variable that you want to think about. Definitely, and you deal with all different types, I'm sure. Yeah. So some of my research right now is looking into. Uh, streaming platforms and uh, what type of royalties that should be offered by the streaming platform to attract the artists and then how uh, how the artists or content producers uh, choose to be on the platform whether or not that's also going to then uh, allow them to offer a better product to the consumers who are who are looking for uh, variety when they're when they're accessing these streaming platforms. Uh, but some platforms, you're getting a, you're getting access to the best. Uh, think about Spotify. It's really hard to find some artists that aren't on there. But when you're thinking about Netflix or even Kindle Unlimited, some of the, the biggest movies, biggest blockbusters, or biggest publishers don't necessarily make their, their material readily available on these streaming platforms. I've been through that before, the frustration. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so marketing as a whole has evolved and will continue to evolve so I wanted to talk a bit about this intersection of traditional and digital marketing. How do you feel like they blend together? Yeah, it's, uh, it's almost getting difficult to distinguish the two uh, from one another. Uh, we see a lot of campaigns that are, that are you know, more traditional campaigns, such that they're advertising via commercials or billboards uh, or magazine adverts, but they then are being tracked their performance is being tracked online thanks to social media, word of mouth, sentiment, uh, and ultimately conversions that might be taking place online. So you have kind of traditional methods of, of marketing that are now being measured online uh, because it's a lot easier than ever before to track consumers and see what people are talking about. And then you also have kind of the opposite effect going on where um, you can kind of start a campaign online but at some point you might evolve it to your offline channel. So a viral video can only reach so many people uh, through the demographics that's being shared or YouTube or on social media. At some point you might want to take it offline uh, with the same concept uh, and run it as a commercial to reach a new crowd of individuals, a new demographic who might not have been reached through the initial marketing campaign. 
So we're seeing this kind of cross-digital, uh, traditional, physical um, uh, marketing becoming ever more important. I come to, sometimes we've we've talked about it amongst ourselves uh, in our department that you know should we still be calling our digital marketing class digital marketing, or at some point should we just be calling it marketing with the with the idea that really all marketing does have a digital element to it anymore. Yeah, you know, I was I was going to ask and bring it up, uh, but you sort of answered it just like I was going to ask, like, does history repeat itself or is digital marketing this this whole new beast? And you're right, it really is. I mean, it's becoming the new tradition, but you're also taking everything that we learned before and just using it uh, in conjunction with this new innovation and new technology. Yeah, you don't know how many times I've sat down to uh, try to start a new research project and I either work through the model or think about the theory and then all of a sudden I realize I'm pretty sure this looks like something that might have been done 20 years ago. Yes, I'm thinking about online advertising. Yes, I'm thinking about social media. But really the core underlying theory is you know, something we might have talked about 20, 30 years ago um, and has already been tested. Uh, it's important to then understand from the digital marketing perspective what is new about these new channels and these new tools that might separate it from this kind of previous line of thought that we had. And that's even how I try to teach it to my students in my class because I can't, I don't want to teach just, for instance, if we're talking about social media, I don't want to teach how to use Facebook or how to use LinkedIn or how to use Snapchat because you never know what the platform is going to be three years from now. So it's important to more teach, you know, here are the concepts of communication, here has digital, here how, here is how digital has changed communication. Here's what you should be looking for, the easy, uh, the easy ability to share information, user-generated content, uh, and so forth. Um, but largely, a lot of things that we're doing digitally, um, there is an offline, more traditional theory that attaches to it. Definitely, and I like that idea. It's not about the platform or you know, where you're using or where you're connecting with people. It's how you're connecting with people and how you're using those skills. Yeah, and that's not to say that it's it's not entirely not about the platform. There's a, there's a fine line that you have to walk because employers want to see, you know, students with experience having used Facebook, having used Google Analytics or Google Ads. Um, so you have to teach the platform to an extent to give the students the skills that they need to take these jobs. But at the same time, you have to prepare the students for uh, a very rapidly ever-evolving industry. Like traditional marketing, what are some ways that a digital marketer can add value to their customers and utilizing what they have in front of them? Yeah, so to add value to your customers, um, I think, I think um, really the, the way I, I position this in my classes is that, you know, how do you define marketing? Well, it's all about creating value using potentially the four Ps uh, that you have at your disposal. And a lot of times we, we rapidly jump into digital saying, oh, here's, here's paid search, here's social media, here's email. And we take a step back to think about, or we take a step back away from how we actually can create value using these tools. So I think it's really important uh, it doesn't matter which tool you're using to make sure you're tailoring it towards what your user is looking for and how they plan to actually interact with you. So a lot of times that's actually diving into the analytics uh, to running user experience tests or simply just to asking your consumers 
what they indeed are looking for. Uh, you know, kind of going back to more traditional marketing research, uh, being informed with all of the extra tools that we now have available uh, to better understand consumer decision making. Uh, but with that in mind, it still starts with the consumer. You don't want to, you know, at, at one point, if you looked at Eastern uh, in the world, Eastern websites uh, and Western websites, they looked entirely different. Uh, but everyone was claiming that they were having success. And, and largely it was because the consumers in the different cultures uh, were, were familiar with a different type of website. So you had to create a website that matched your consumer's needs. Now I've noticed that we've started to see um, kind of uh, Eastern and web Western websites merge uh, a little bit and we're starting to see similarities between the two, uh, such as cleaner website design, easier to find call to action buttons, uh, a more prominent unique value proposition. Uh, but still it starts with trying to make sure you understand what your users or consumers are interested in how they want to actually learn about you as a company. Of course. And going off of that, do you think uh, like the ease it is to create a website and to create these easy buttons and it's become a little bit more streamlined? It, it really has. It, it has. I mean, I, I can now ask my students to create a landing page for some uh, fictitious company um, that or just because the tools are out there, they're easily available. They're not too difficult to learn. Um, and that kind of leads to you know the question where do we think we're going in the future? I've heard some kind of concerns that you know marketing as it becomes more streamlined, uh, it's also becoming uh, easier to automate. Uh, so we have to prepare our students against the possibility that somewhere down the road, uh, a lot of these kind of core marketing functions might become automated uh, thanks to you know better machine learning techniques and better algorithms that exist. Yeah, wow. I mean, specifically in your own research and, you know, working on the matchmaker digital platforms and stuff, what do you see in the next five to 10 years? Do you have a prediction? <laughs> I, I, as soon as I give you a prediction, it's probably going to be wrong. Uh, that's just the nature, I think, right now of, <laughs> of the digital world. Um, I see probably, my own opinion, I, I see an emphasis at some point on virtual reality. Uh, an emphasis on artificial intelligence and an emphasis on augmented reality. How quickly those come about, I'm not sure. Um, but I, I, I would suspect that all of those are the way of the future, as well as, uh, as, uh, as an emphasis on biometric data. I, I mean, you think about at some point, uh, there's going to be a company that creates uh, the next uh, wearable watch, wearable watch uh, digital watch that you can wear, uh, but they're going to give it away for free in, in the idea that they're going to capture uh, valuable biometric data and be able to sell that to advertisers. Uh, obviously, there are privacy concerns with that, but we've seen that you know users and consumers are willing to give up privacy uh, for these cheaper uh, and free products. So it's only a matter of time, I believe, until biometrics also enters the world of uh, target marketing and customer segmentation. Yeah, that's so that's so fascinating because uh, you're seeing it so often now. Like there's so many different, I mean, with regardless of industry, there's so many things that are offered for free and nobody thinks about that or, you know, the data that they're uh, willingly giving away. 
I mean, yeah, it goes back to, as we talked about, it goes back to these digital platforms. We give the product away to one side of the market uh, in order to charge the other side. That is the advertisers in this case. Yeah, definitely. It's an interesting, uh, interesting landscape we're going into. Uh, well, thank you so much, Dr. Bennett, for coming on. Yeah, thank you. I, I really appreciate it. And it's funny that, uh, that you asked me to do this. I actually ha am teaching a, uh, I teach an undergraduate capstone course, and I actually require them to listen to marketing-related podcasts. Um, and in doing so, I, I, I hope that it keeps them up to date with relevant information in an easy-to-consume uh, format. Uh, so we'll see in the future if any students are choosing to write about this one. Uh, they, they discover that I'm on one somewhere. <laughs> I hope that's the case, and I hope, uh, I hope you give them an A. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> well, thank you again, and thank you, everyone, for listening to today's Digital Marketing Professor Series. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can go to marketscale.com industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Josh Fisher. See ya.